It's the Americhicks with Kim Munson, the most important story. Out here in Colorado, we had a sex education bill that was passed. It was signed by the governor and put into law. I just can't believe what is happening to uh, public education. The latest in politics and world affairs. We are now using policy that if you don't affirm something, that they use policy then to take away your businesses. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Kids are just being bombarded with darkness. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. You know, we need to get back to letting our kids be kids. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Indeed. Guess what day it is. <laughs> guess what day it is. Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. It is hump day. So welcome. We're going to have a conversation today. I am Kim Munson and thrilled to have in studio with me, Susan Kochevar with 88 Drive-In Theater. She is an entrepreneur and an author. It's great to have you here, Susan. Good morning. We've got a great show planned. Uh, segment two, we'll be talking with Curtis DeGroote. He is with uh, Freedom to Drive Coalition. And uh, Susan, the ability, the opportunity for people to move about uh, is really inherent in the American idea. And uh, we're seeing an assault on the personal vehicle uh, here in Colorado. And actually, you like personal vehicles since you have a drive-in theater. People like their uh, their personal vehicles to, to go to the drive-in, right? That's right. Personal vehicle means freedom. You got it. And uh, then segment three and four, we're going to be talking about an issue that is uh, on your heart, and that is data collection uh, that the government, uh, both at local, county, State and federal uh, government institutions are actually watching us, and you're really concerned about that as well. Mm -hmm. AI has a terrible effect on us. So we're going to be talking about those important things, bringing those forth, and uh, we do dissect these issues as right versus wrong. Instead of right versus left, agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Uh, First and foremost, we want to remember that ultimately socialism is force. All of these questions, freedom versus force, force versus freedom, and it's never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property or freedom via force, whether with a weapon, policy, or unpredictable and excessive taxation. And so as we look at these issues, uh, freedom versus force, force versus freedom, and you know what, Americans, um, by and large, they like freedom. I want to say thank you to the team, Steve, producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, and Charlie, uh, thank you for all your good work to keep this train on the track. And to all you listeners out there, thank you. Uh, You are treasured. You're valued. You have a purpose today. And uh, thank you for listening. And uh, so we're going to jump in here. And the first thing is our inspiration for the day. I went to Albert Einstein. I asked one of my favorite millennials, who inspires you? And he said, Albert Einstein. And I thought, okay, we'll go with that. And so Einstein said, life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. <clears throat> there was another quote I remember. I don't know who said it. I think maybe it was John Elway. But that is, is uh, you, as a quarterback, you've got to keep your feet moving. And so you always have to be moving and always trying to improve, striving for excellence. And so Albert Einstein, life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. Steve, did you look like you had a comment that you wanted to say on that? Well, you know your producer has a twisted mind. <laughs> when you welcome Susan here and her her title, her business, and then start talking about mobility. The first thing I pictured was an RTD. Having been at the 88 drive-in now and spent some time there, my first picture in my mind was an RTD stop right there on, right next to the 88 drive-in. Oh. When you said, you know, you're dependent on people's mobility, it's like, well, sooner or later there has to be a light rail stop 
by the 88 drive-in. Interestingly, there is no stop anywhere near there. And I had kids who wanted to work for me. They lived in Boulder, and they were in a halfway house there, needed a job badly. For them to take the RTD to my place took three hours, (laughs) and then they couldn't get back home. Okay. It's not useful. Enough said. Move on. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and to that point, actually, all of these things, and we'll talk with Curtis about this, that are trying to move people out of their, their vehicles, it actually hurts the, the people that are wanting to move up the economic l- uh, ladder the most. It does. And uh, so we'll talk about that. Uh, we've got a lot to do in this first segment. Our joke for today, though, uh, <clears throat> since we're going to be talking about surveillance, I was trying to find a surveillance joke. So, Steve. Yes. Who are the greatest philosophers today? Uh, I'm sure you're going to tell us. Yes, it's the TSA. They're always asking people, who are you? Where did you come from? Why are you here? And where are you going? We're obviously not paying them enough. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Okay, first thing, we have two things I want to hit on. First thing is the three R's, and it's not reading, writing, and arithmetic. It is the radical progressive left has been going after Donald Trump on the three R's, and Laura Ingram really nailed this. So if you'd hit that sound bite, Steve, that would be just great. Now, for two years, we all had to endure the Democrats' Russian obsession. Formerly sensible liberals had convinced themselves the president was working hand-in-glove with Putin to ensure Trump's 2016 election. Well, Trump's reckoning, they were confident, would be delivered by the highly respected prosecutor Bob Mueller. In other words... The 2020 election would be a gimme for any Democrat. Well, of course, that fell flat. So the crestfallen Democrats decided to go all in on the race issue. Using bogus charges of racism, the left has a goal of blunting any momentum the president may have with minority voters in 2020. Now, the president condemned white nationalists, remember, at Charlottesville, and he did so after El Paso. But to listen to the left, Well, he has a goal of what? Doing what? Like running around with blackface and lighting crosses on people's lawns? The new Democrat playbook requires the relentless demonization of American history, including the founders, and now the American people themselves, at least those who support Trump. Now, again, the Democrats staked it all on the two R's. Russia fell flat, and then racism. And now, the third R, recession. Oh, yeah, it's official. The post-2016 Democrat Party and their media allies are now actively cheering for one. Susan, I find this absolutely astounding uh, that that now we're working into this recession narrative. And that can start to work on people's emotions and can start to to slow down the economy. Mm -hmm. And... um, it seems that we would want the people that we elect, that they would want the best for everyday American people. But when you have the, um, media and politicians that are rooting for a recession that would hurt everyday people uh, because they want to defeat Donald Trump, uh, I think that's very telling about the character of uh, these media pundits as well as these politicians, bureaucrats, and all these interested parties. Yeah, I think it's sick. Uh, Bill Maher the other day said, uh, you know, he'd be happy to see a recession hurt some people, but oh well. Really? You know, and they're sitting in their, their comfy offices, in their beautiful homes. Mm-hmm. There are many times uh, they have security guards 
with weapons uh, to protect them, with firearms to protect them, but yet they're the same people that are out there actively trying to uh, uh, use laws, to red flag laws, to take away the weapons of everyday people without due process. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so this is the three R's. I, I actually uh, saw another one of my f- favorite millennials last week, and uh, he was talking about the inverted yield curve and recession, and I'm like... I don't think there's going to be a recession. I think that uh, what this is, is this is a narrative that is trying to slow down the economy. And so Laura Ingram, uh, she always seems to just really nail it. And uh, so that's the three R's. It is Russia. That didn't work. Racism. You know, these economic policies that have been really good have not just been helping white people. Right. It's been helping all people, no matter what the descriptor is. And uh, when uh, Donald Trump looks into the the camera and he says, they're not coming after me, they're coming after you. Yes. Uh, I think there's a lot of truth in that, Susan. Well, and a lot of this stuff has done a lot of damage to the culture. A little reluctant to talk about it, but when people now get upset about anything, they call you racist. No matter what it is, no matter what they've done, the other person is racist. They throw a fit. Everybody's racist. It's, It's really getting old. And that word is completely lost its meaning well and uh i think i think that people that look at another person as a group and um define them as a group i think that that is racist we had been i think making great progress in this whole racial question in in america and it seems like it it seems like once Barack Obama got into office, he started to play the race card and try to divide us. And we need to come back and we need to unify. Uh, yesterday, we had a quote from Lee Iacocca, you know, who was the chairman of Chrysler. And back in 1984, he said, and whether or not it's Democrat or Republican, we need to come together. And he said to make Mer- America great again. Steve and I almost fell off our chairs when we saw that. It was back in 19. 19- 84, when Lee Iacocca said that. And uh, so bear in mind, Russia didn't work, and they spent two years, and I think they knew nothing, that there was nothing there. Bob Mueller knew that there was nothing there, and they just dragged that out, and it was millions and millions of our dollars that Mm -hmm. they used on that. And if there had been any shred, any shred of truth on that, they would, would have been all over that. For sure. And then this whole racism, this just is, is unbelievable to me that everybody is a racist. It's I, interesting because, you know, I, I, anytime we have to tell somebody something and they don't like it, they, they call my kids racist, which is the kids that work for me. And I hire everybody. Uh, and we are, the, the kids are really struggling with this idea because uh, most of them are all mixed race. And so it's, uh, so they're just looking at these people like, what planet did you come from? <laughs> and that's exactly true. So I'm interested to see what happens with these, you know, 16, 17, 18-year-olds as they grow up because they clearly see this is a fallacy. It is a fallacy. And now you have, again, trying to get us to the, the third R, and that is recession. And uh, so we need to continue to, to stay the course here and, uh, you know, reduce rules, regulations, and all those things which will continue to 
you know, get the economy going. Uh, President Trump apparently is kicking around the idea of trying to figure out how to lower some payroll taxes, which I know that you would love. And once again, I think that that would really be good for the economy because everyday people would have more money in their pocket. More money in their pocket. Absolutely. It helps the working people uh, and they, you know, keeps them from being slaves. It's it's fantastic. Some of the other things he's doing uh, in terms of reducing regulations, you know, we talked about um, reducing or or getting rid of that uh, structuring, you know, so you don't have to right. take, be fearful of taking money to the bank and having the IRS seize your assets. Uh, also, some um, reducing restrictions. What did I see the other day on dishwashers or some other uh, great manufacturing thing? These things are going to have trickle down and have huge impact on the economy in such a positive way. And it's all kind of going unseen or unnoticed by the left, and they're uh, powerless to stop it. I know the president said he was going to stop hiring, uh, put a freeze on hiring uh, the enforcers in all these various departments, you know, the people that go out and look at the businesses and see if they're complying. That's great. That's really terrific. One other thing, before we get to Curtis DeGroote in the next uh, segment, uh, something huge happened, and and that is there's this, this, uh, it's called Title X funding, and it is funding from the federal government that has been going to, quote-unquote, family planning um, different institutions. And happened it just happened that Planned Parenthood received a significant amount of that money. I think it was over $236 million that's been going into this Title X funding. And, of course, Planned Parenthood, their budget is at about a half billion dollars. But a lot of that money does come from uh, the, the federal government, quote-unquote, for family planning. And President Trump had come out and he had said that any uh, organization that receives Title X family planning money cannot refer women to a specific, uh, an abortion, a place to have an abortion. Apparently they can talk about abortion, but they can't refer them. Well, the, I think that the, you know, this is shedding light that the, the onion is being peeled back, that, that Planned Parenthood is, has hidden behind that we do family planning. And uh, but actually, I think money is fungible and, you know, mm-hmm. their um, their business is really the abortion business. And as we've started to really understand what that business is, um, it's pretty cruel. And and the fact that there's even what's called partial birth abortions. I mean, the baby is, is almost born. And, um, and and of course, uh, Ralph Northam, the governor back in Virginia, said that they might even deliver a baby and decide what to do. Um, so just from a moral standpoint, a virtuous society standpoint, we can't be doing that. And so, um, and I, and that's what, one of the things I said, the first thing we got to do is get the money out of this. And, you know, what people do on an individual basis, you know, that, um, you know, we, I think we need to wrap our arms around a woman who is in a difficult situation and not judge and, and certainly come to her with love, with Christian love. However, we have to make the case for life. Uh, but when you have a society that is actually using government money to abort a complete generation, uh, that's, not, that's not a good thing. So President Trump came out. He put, he put a line in the sand. He said, if, in fact, you're going to be referring to uh, uh, people to have an abortion to a specific place, then you can no longer get this money. And they said, and then you need to let us know by a certain date what you're going to do about it. And I think the date was just the other day. And Planned Parenthood 
They came out and they said, we're not going to take that money. So the light is being shown on what they really are all about. It's not family planning. It's actually the abortion business. And uh, three cheers to President Trump for this. I think it's really important. Yeah, no matter how you feel about abortion, the the government should not fund that. And I don't think that, I don't, I mean, we're against government funding stuff anyway. But bare minimum should not fund that. That tax money should not be used. Absolutely. So this is a really big deal. Uh, But let's go to break. We're going to talk with Curtis DeGroote when we come back. He's with uh, Freedom to Drive and uh, mobility. The the ability for people to be able to move around is critical. And it seems like the politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, the PBIs right here in Colorado, want to get you out of your car. So we'll be right back. Looking for an awesome place to host your draft party? Look no further than Hooters. With tons of TVs, free Wi-Fi, world-famous wings, and ice-cold beer, you're probably thinking, it doesn't get any better than that. But wait, at Hooters, it does. Every fantasy league gets a free draft kit and over $200 in Hooters swag. Join us for fantasy football done Hooters style. Book now at Hooters.com slash football. That's Hooters.com slash football. See you at Hooters. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers with GER, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with Remax Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. All Americhick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the Americhicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back. Uh, I am Kim Munson, and we are having a conversation. We are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Uh, we're going to have a conversation right now with Curtis Groot. He is the chairman of the Freedom to Drive Coalition. Curtis, welcome. Thanks for having me on, Kim. Good morning. Good morning. And we've got Susan Kochevar in studio as well. And we wanted to talk about this piece that you had in the Complete Colorado. Uh, it's on their page two. I uh, would recommend people go to Complete Colorado. And if you click on the banner at the top, you'll get all this original content. And this was a piece you did within the last week or so. You said Coloradans are in for a rude awakening on the California car mandates. And Curtis, you and I both uh, think it's really important that people have the uh, opportunity to be able to drive around in the vehicle of their choice instead of uh, PBIs, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties deciding how we move about. But tell us about this piece. You said that millions of Coloradans are going to be waking up uh, one day soon to uh, quite a shock. Yeah, so there's, you know, there, you know, it's interesting. I talk all around Colorado when I speak with folks who who just didn't know anything about this. It started under uh, uh, former Governor uh, Hickenlooper, Luke Hickenlooper, who uh, signed on his way out of office in an executive order. And that was to get us to actually yield to the California Air Quality Board our uh, air quality regulations here. And so what 
people can look for, and of course, Jared Polis has upheld this now, and they're, you know, for lack of a better term, shoving it down the state's throat. And so yet again, the people are not represented in, in, you know, by vote of anything that's going on in the government. So what we're looking forward to is the fact that, you know, all the vehicles are going to, we anticipate um, somewhere between $1,500 and $3,000 increase in cost. And there's there's a domino effect that comes with that, too, for the low to middle income people who depend on some of the cars that are traded in by, you know, some of the people that can actually afford these cars. Um, what we see in Colorado is that most of the, the electric vehicle owners, are, these are second cars. They're not their primary vehicle. And, you know, and in Colorado, we're 75 percent truck and SUV because our our area here is deemed necessary for that type of vehicle versus California, which is about 50%. So it's not going to be good for Colorado, that I can tell you. Well, Susan had just mentioned about uh, some young people that were in Boulder. Why don't you, I don't know if you heard that, Curtis. Go ahead and retell that story. Yeah, I had some young people that uh, were in Boulder, and they were in a halfway house, and those folks really needed to work, and they wanted to come to work for me. But in order for them to take RTD to work, they had to go, you know, down to Denver and take this really weird path. It took them three hours to get to work, and there's no way to get home. I mean, it just, these things really hurt poor people and young people. It really does. It absolutely does. And, and, you know, when we look at this as from a holistic approach, I think, you know, the, it's, it's not unlike what we saw with like our national popular vote and, and things where these things are just being pushed down from the state. For some reason, they think they know better than us. You know, I, you know, I guess my question to pose to the, to the, the community in Colorado is, is if clean air was such a big deal, why did Jared Polis, you know, take the, uh, the waiver and not, uh, allow us to to count the California forest fires towards our not clean air last year uh, or this year. So, you know, I, I just we are very much standing on on the fact that we want everybody wants clean air. Everybody in Colorado wants clean air. I, I haven't found anyone yet that doesn't want clean air. And we've we've done so much to work towards that clean air. The answer is not the government telling us, hey. I realize that you've got a, you know, a tool belt and air compressor and all these things to take to your job, but you're going to have to have to drive a electric car to do that. And by the way, if your job is, is let's say your job's up in fair play and there's, you know, a hundred other electric cars up there, you're not going to be home till nine o'clock tonight because you guys have to stand in line at the, I, I don't even know if they have a charging station up there. I'm told they don't, but let's say they put one in that's part of infrastructure uh, now you're, it's not like just going up to the gas pump and filling up. I mean, you're talking about, you know, coal power driving these charging stations from the first point, uh, point of view. And then secondly, you're going to waiting, you know, three, four, five hours just to charge your car because there's lines of other people doing that. So we haven't even talked about what that's going to look like. Right. And so, Curtis, with these mandates, uh, what they're doing is, is they want to push people into uh, more electric cars here in Colorado. And, and, and when I open the show, I, I'm always open it with we need to take a look at these issues as freedom versus force or force versus freedom. And ultimately, socialism comes down to force. And so we're seeing the socialization in our transportation uh, sector because these PBIs, these politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties – want everyday people to be uh, either into these more expensive electric cars 
ultimately, I think that they want to push a lot of people onto buses, trains, and bicycles. And so this, the whole theme in this whole thing, Curtis, is force. And, and I think that you just alluded to something uh, regarding the, the waiver. That, so Colorado could have had a waiver on uh, the EPA, I think it is, they, you know, they, they uh, you know, test the particles in the air and uh, de- determine if you're in compliance or, or, or not. And, I mean, that whole thing is uh, somewhat suspect because it depends on where they have the testing stations. And I think there's only three in Colorado. And, and then you get up right next to the mountains and, you know, air does kind of, you know, push up there. And, and uh, then you mentioned when we, with the, the forest fires from Colorado or from California, that affected our air. We could actually see that. And, um, and we could have gotten a waiver for that from the federal government, and Governor Polis said, no, we don't want a waiver, and the reason is is so that they can force this issue. And whenever you're looking at forcing an issue, I see big danger. So, Curtis, what's your final thought on, on your excellent piece that's in Complete Colorado? Coloradans are in for a rude awakening on California car mandates. Well, I would just say this. Um, you know, people in, in Colorado that they just there obviously we all need to pay attention right and we're we all have busy lives every one of us have busy lives but you know when you talk about the waiver that that accounted from what i'm told for 47 million dollars in in our highway funding from uh, the federal government last year so we didn't take it so i don't know what we're going to lose i don't have those numbers but if if coloradans don't fight back on this you know and, and i will tell you and this i'll part with this during the the uh uh Clean air quality, or excuse me, the the clean air uh, air board hearing when people were testifying, Polis's people testified that they had this grand vision of a million vehicles, electric vehicles on the road by 2030, 10 years from now. So we've been at this now for seven years in the state of Colorado of of electric cars, and we we have 13,500 true electric cars, and then of course another 7,000 hybrids. But 13,000 wow. in seven years, and now they want to get to a million. And first of all, there's there's no OEM that even has that level of production. But that's where they're thinking without doing any kind of analysis that's, that's rooted in, in any kind of facts. So thanks for having me on, by the way. Well, it's great to have you. And, Curtis, I did go down last Tuesday night I went uh, during the public hearing. Uh, the public, uh, my understanding was, could make comments last Tuesday because this whole thing just is is uh, coming down now. And uh, public comments would have been from 12 to 3 on Tuesday and then from 6 to 8 on Tuesday night. I had a really busy day. I got there at 7.15, and uh, they actually had left. And so they didn't stay for the time that they said that there was going to be public comment. And uh, it hurt my feelings. You know what? I was offended, Curtis. Of course you were. <laughs> uh, Curtis Groot, thank you so much. And again, that important piece is in Complete Colorado. And just uh, click on the banner at the top, and uh, that'll take you to all that original content. So greatly appreciate it, Curtis. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Okay, thanks so much. And Jason McBride, I am I was just wondering, are you going to be uh, driving your vehicle of choice to work today, or are you going to be riding on a bicycle? Well, that would be... Uh 
quite a haul for me to ride on a bicycle, so I, I think I'll go ahead and drive my pick-em-up truck. Okay. Well, I just, I just, I, I kind of thought that you might like your vehicle of choice, and I think that's pretty darn important. So, what is going on in the markets, though? It's been, it's just been crazy. And of course, we hear this recession talk. Uh, we uh, led with uh, Laura Ingram that the three R's that the the radical progressives have been going after. Trump on, and, and that was Russia and racism and now recession. And so what's your thoughts? Well, I don't think that uh, the third R is going to work any better than the first two did for them. Uh, I just don't see uh, any sign of a recession coming. And, the, you know, yesterday we, we, we had a little bit of a down day in the market. This morning it looks like we're going to recover almost all of that right at the open. Uh, but, boy, Trump's always got something going. Uh, he, he was talking about buying uh, Greenland, which is quite interesting. I haven't <laughs> even had to had time to look into what the thinking on that would be. And, you know, people think it's a joke. I think he was serious. I think he saw a good reason maybe to do that. Uh, yesterday, and, and again, I, I apologize, Kim, I didn't get time to read up on all the details of the thinking. He's, he's talking about cutting taxes further by reducing the payroll tax right, somehow, right. and I'm, I'm not sure about the details on that, so I can't comment whether, uh, you know, I like the way it sounds or not, but it's just interesting. He, he's always got, seems to have another idea coming out of somewhere, and when's the last time you, you saw a president that seemed to have a new idea every day? <laughs> but I, I was thinking about it. I have a, a new name for, the, for Trump on this one. It's the New Greenland Deal. What do you think on that one? <laughs> oh, I think that the, the Greenland New Deal. Yeah, I the like Greenland. that better than the other one. <laughs> and um, did you see there was a meme, Jason, and it, it had Greenland. Uh, and, you know, there's all these little, you know, quaint houses and, and I think Trump tweeted this. So, or anyway, and then there's like this big, like gold bronze or gold tower, like the Trump Tower. And he says, "I promise I won't do this to Greenland." And I'm like, "I did. I saw that one. That like, was pretty funny." Oh my gosh! So, hey, um, before we go though, I am so excited about this event that you and I are doing together, Nuts and Bolts. It's going to be September 16th over at Water's Edge Winery. And, of course, it's so great to partner with uh, Jen Hewlin over at Water's Edge Winery. We do that with Vino and Veritas. I've done other things. This is going to be really cool. You're bringing in the guy that's uh, written the Stock Traders Almanac, and everybody that attends, and it's going to be limited, but everybody's going to get one of those, right? Well, yeah, we'll give uh, everybody that comes a copy of the book, which is great. Uh, the I think the more fun part will be, uh, you and and I and Jeff kind of going through some of the fun and interesting, uh, kind of repeating things that happen in the market and maybe why that is. But, you know, Kim, it's not just all for fun. I think there's things people will learn here. And I've always believed that any little thing you can do to get an edge, uh, just a little bit more knowledge about maybe when to kind of know when to hold them and 
know when to fold them. Hopefully Kenny Rogers won't sue us. Uh, it can really help you. Just little tiny things that you do a little bit better can make a big difference over the long run. Uh, Jeff's also, he, he's a funny guy, good personality. Uh, you know, he's been all over Fox and uh, Bloomberg and CNBC, so he's not uh, a brand-new guy. He knows some stuff. And, yeah, I think it'll be a good time, a fun evening. And, again, I, this might be a threat, but you may actually learn something. Well, I think that we will, and I'm looking forward to that. It's September 16th, and folks can go to my website to sign up for Nuts and Bowls, or they can go to our landing page at chickspresidential.com, chickspresidential.com, or they can probably call Natalie after 730, right? Sure, yeah, there's all kinds of ways to do it. Two websites, phone call. Uh, if you want to come, we'll make sure that uh, we get you in. But I would imagine this is going to fill up pretty quick since we just kind of let it out of the bag yesterday. Right, and uh, we already have significant reservations for that. So if you are interested, I would recommend that you sign up. And so either go to my website, com, go to chickspresidential.com, or that number uh, at 730. Natalie will be, be there. It's 303-694-1600, 303-694-1600. Jason, we will talk to you tomorrow. All right. Have a great show, Kim. Thanks so much. When we come back, Susan Kochevar is in studio here, and we're going to talk about data. And what really got you going on this was this Wall Street Journal piece uh, says a dearth of data helped Hong Kong succeed. Mm -hmm. And so as an entrepreneur, uh, owner of a small business, I can't wait to get your perspective on this. So we'll be right back. Are you looking for news, not propaganda? Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do, as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Uh, the Zach Brown Band. I love I love them. I think they're awesome. Thank you, Charlie, for putting all that together. And uh, welcome back. I'm Kim Munson. We are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. And uh, Susan Kochevar is in studio, owner of the 88 Drive-In Theater. Uh, before we jump in on that, Bob from Michigan said, and you're going to love this, he said, the dirty little secret, he texted me, lower payroll taxes means revenue to the government will grow. So a uh, little laugher curve there for you. He's right about that. Absolutely. He's absolutely right. And uh, businesses take in more money and pay more sales tax and on and on. Absolutely. So, yes, as the economy, as the pie gets bigger, and that's the problem with the progressive the regressive 
radical um, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties, they, they believe that the pie is finite. They don't, they don't understand that the creativity of the mind, uh, what can happen so the pie can get bigger and bigger in a free society. And when the pie gets bigger, the revenues go up. Right, lifts all boats. It, so their only answer is raising taxes. The Denver City Council now, they have their first outed socialist, and their answer to everything is tons of taxes. Congress, the Democrats, everything is always, let's raise taxes. And, you know, the other thing that they don't don't uh, take into account, I think that they think the economy is static. So we have, you know, business person out here, they're, you know, doing this kind of a business. And if we raise taxes, government's going to get more, you know, more revenue from mm-hmm. that. But people have to make adjustments. They do. So if they raise taxes like the payroll tax, you have to make adjustments on maybe how many people you hire you know, maybe how many hours people work. You probably, I have to tell, I, I hope it's okay to tell this. But, uh, you know, we came out to 88 Drive-In Theater last week. And actually, Steve and Patty and I thought we were going to need to work work more. But you have such a team of great young people. But when we drove up, we met you. You were the owner. And you were coming out of the ladies' room with a bucket <laughs> and a brush. Yep. And, uh, and uh, cleaning cleaning the the ladies room and it was spick and span and it just made me laugh a little bit because you know that's what you do sometimes when you're the owner but that's also something that happens with small businesses is that when these fees and and taxes go up you end up maybe not hiring somebody to do a job that would make your life easier you end up working more yeah, I end up working more, and I end up figuring out ways to not need so many employees. We made some changes this year, so I wouldn't have so m- to hire so many because we are facing minimum wage, and I have a few plans next Min- year. Forced minimum wage. Forced yes. minimum wage, yes. And next year goes up another ninety cents. So I'm making more plans to uh, put some customer service things, and so customers can serve themselves instead of having so much staff. And, and, and but you love working. your staff, and you teach your staff. I do love them. But government is forcing you, because of their force, to have to make some choices. But let's go to this piece about data. I hadn't really thought so much about data. And and the question at the beginning of the article, Wall Street Journal, and it was written, let's see, by, I can't even try. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. somebody from India. Yeah. Um, And the lead is more data makes for better economic policy, right? Lessons from 20th century India and Hong Kong suggest the opposite is true. And this really resonated with you, Susan. It did. You know, I remember years ago listening to, I think it was a debate about the census and certain questions. And uh, I always thought kind of in the back of my mind, you know, we collect all this data. It takes a lot of time. And if you don't do it correctly, the government will punish you, actually, for not collecting the data properly and sending all this stuff in. We can collect all this stuff, but should we? Is that really a good idea. I don't think so. But I I couldn't really articulate why exactly. And so I just sort of, uh, that was always just back there. And then I read this article and I nearly fell off my chair. Somebody else had the same idea. And this particular fellow uh, was, you know, Hong Kong used to be a territory of Great Britain. And this person, very long name, Sir John Cowperthwaite, I think I'm mm-hmm. saying that correctly. He uh ran Hong Kong from 1961 to 1971, it looks like. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that he did was he said, the government is not going to collect 
any data. Because as soon as they start collecting that data, they start thinking they can control things, and they can't. We know government cannot control the market. And uh, uh, yes, that's exactly the problem. And so we were just talking about air quality control a minute ago, and what happened to the data that the government collected? It started manipulating the data itself for a certain outcome, saying, oh, well, we're not going to count the fires as uh, pollution or discount that, however that worked, for their own goals. And that's exactly what happens. You know, that that is so key, what you just said, is they take data and they use data, the, the, the data they want, they discount mm-hmm. the data they don't want so that they can get to an outcome that they can force upon everyday people. And who are the voices for everyday people? You know, you and I have both gone down to the uh, the state house. You've actually stepped up to run for state house, and bless you. Thank you so much for doing that. But we go down there, and it can take hours. Mm-hmm. It, you take time away from your work. It takes time to, to actually learn these issues. And then there can be strategies. If, in fact, uh, for example, I went down for the forced uh, vaccination bill, mm-hmm. and... Um, Lois Court, I think, was the she's the Democrat that was chair of that committee. Then she could manipulate who could talk and who couldn't. So there were 500 people that had signed up to uh, to testify against forced vaccinations, and there were only 30 that had signed up in favor of that. And many of them were industry experts, so they're being paid yes. somehow to to be there. The everyday person isn't, mm-hmm. and so then you can see how the, the, they can manipulate the hearing so that, uh, and so what happened? She said that, okay, we only have a certain amount of time, so this side gets an hour, two hours, and this side gets two hours. And they're like, wait a minute, we have a whole bunch more people that want to speak. Yeah. But you can see how that can be, be manipulated. Oh, it manipulated terribly. That's one of the reasons why uh, Leroy Garcia, whose district is down in Pueblo, is, uh, they're considering recalling him because we had a terrible snowstorm and he went ahead and ran bills through that day, even though half the legislature and certainly none of the citizens could get down to the Capitol to testify. Or even during some of the gun bills we've seen where they hold testimony at night, clear it all, you know, one, two, three o'clock in the morning. People have families, they have lives, and there are so many bills that get passed through that legislature. You can't possibly pay attention to all of them even though they affect everyone dramatically and i actually think it's by design uh you're seeing these bills that are they appear very complicated uh and there may be not just one on that issue but then others you may fight this one but it may another one may come in the back door uh which i I think this kind of brings us back to data i I could even mention regarding the forced vaccination bill there was a whole bunch of data collection on that Mm -hmm. on families and children and uh, well, you know what? Let's go to break, and we'll see if I, I want to talk a little bit about due process then. Do you think, I mean, I think that it actually is related to data as well. Sure. Okay, so we'll go to break. This is Kim Munson. Susan Kochevar, owner of the 88 Drive-In Theater, is uh, in studio, and uh, uh, we'll be right back. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the Americhicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. In Fort Collins, attend Vino and Veritas at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the Americhicks would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Loveland, Presidential Wealth Management Greenwood Village, 
Tina Francone with Straightforward Shooting and Grand Lake U.S. Constitution Week for their generous support. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at Americhicks.com. Come join the ADA Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person and children under 12 are free. Friday, August 16th through Thursday, August 22nd, features will include Angry Birds 2, The Lion King, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steaming cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back. I'm Kim Munson. We are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation and uh, just really jazzed to have Susan Kochevar in studio with me. Uh, she's the owner of the 88 Drive-In Theater, and we got to go out last week. We thought we were going to have to work. We didn't really have to work, but it was really great to meet all the kids and uh, see your clients. It was really fun. And Steve, I know you were ready to work. Well, you thought you were going to supervise is what you thought. I had my apron, if you saw. I did. <laughs> I did see that. Mm. But uh, we're talking about data, and you had an interesting uh, for insight uh, during break. What is that, Steve? Well, you guys were talking about, you know, the data that is collected and then how it can be used against, you know, for and against. And I'm just thinking one of the most you know, in-your-face examples of that is modern-day polling. Well, polls say this, or we see that uh, the, the top four candidates, uh, Democratic candidates, can beat Trump, according to our polling. And that's all they say. We don't tell you where the polls are taken. Mm-hmm. We don't tell you anything else about it. We just want to put that little ditty out there to put a seed in your mind. Oh, okay. Well, you know, well, the polls say it's like, that's baloney. Well, a lot of it is. And I'd mentioned due process and I think I'm going to, I think that would be going down a different path than what we really want to make sure that we, we hit. And in this piece in the wall street journal, We'll do that a different day, okay. okay. <laughs> uh, he, uh, the author says, without data, busybody bureaucrats had no way of justifying interference in the economy. And you wanted to compare Hong Kong and India. Yeah, be- so what happened in India, their first prime minister saw the Soviet Union and, and all this other all these other communist, fascist, socialist countries collecting all this data, and he thought that was such a great idea. And so they started collecting so much data that they absolutely ground everything to a halt in India. And And... India is not prosperous. It's very poor. So ripping off all of that data collection off of India would be similar to ripping, well, you start ripping off the regulations and taxation and all that stuff, and, and they would, would, uh, their economy would roar. Hong Kong is an island. It's a rock. It doesn't grow anything. It doesn't produce things in that way. And yet it is so powerful, so successful. Uh, and it's all due to this man and his anti-data collection. And I think we should start to move that direction in the United States. If you think about all of the data that's collected on all of us, I have to send in information on my kids to the state when I hire them uh, so that they can make sure that they don't have any children uh, who are not receiving um, 
you know, benefits, benefits. Yeah. Funds, um, you know, like they don't have um, child support payments and stuff like this. Um, It there's so many data points and things that businesses collect and send in. And then we have the census and all the collection of data that that entails. It's grown exponentially. And so then they use all that data to start to control people and um, the economy and they can't do it. And that's what grinds it all to a halt. So ultimately, yes, that is, and and I think you touched on this uh, with all of this data collection, you have to comply. Mm-hmm. And if you don't comply, then there could be penalties. Massive. Uh, for you as a business person. And so this will take us to Dr. Tom Cranawitter, and he's going to be on tomorrow. Uh, and he has, has made the, the uh, case that we're not really a free society so much anymore. We've become a compliant society. And that grinds people to a halt. And uh, that's through more the administrative state, these, yep. these uh, politicians, bureaucrats, and interested parties that have pushed rules and regulations. And I think, I think Americans, you know, we generally we want to play by the rules. We want to know what the rules are. Yep. And so we want to, quote, unquote, be compliant. Uh, but sometimes I can see that that can freeze you because you're afraid you might make a mistake. Compliant and permission-based. And not only that, but the, the, the fallacy is you can never be compliant. Uh, if you go to a sales tax uh, meeting, you'll find they'll be like, well, if you have a question, just call us. Uh, that's not clear and bright lines in terms of rules and what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to collect the sales tax and pay it. Uh, and, and that's common with all of these uh, regulatory bodies. They're very capricious in the way they apply the rules and regulations. And it kind of depends on who you are. Picking winners and losers. Picking winners and losers, which is what... Um, this fellow talks about in this article, and that's exactly what all that data collection does. It allows the government to pick winners and losers, and everybody loses that way. Except, well, you get to the haves and the have-nots then. So yeah. like in India, you know, I think there's very poor, mm-hmm. and then there's very Cast rich. system. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and, and so I'm, what's, what I'm thinking about, though, is in this day and age, I mean, there is so much data with our phones. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean... There's a good good part of data collection as well, you know, with all of the information that we have. But there's a, lo- a big scary component of that. What do we do, though, in now? You know, our young people are so um, dependent on their phones. Uh, I remember there was just recently this, uh, uh, it was some kind of face thing that you could uh, get this app and it could make you look old or something. And yeah. it turned out it was from a company in Russia and they were then, you know, had your image and that they could use that someplace else. And then if we're talking about data mm-hmm. recognition, I mean, there's a whole bunch of danger here. What do we do oh, about yeah. this, Susan? And all that stuff can be manipulated to make it look like um, anybody, you know, put somebody in a video with their face and it made them look like they did something when they didn't. I mean, the, the dangers there are huge. And I saw the other day there was a huge security data breach. So ever, with all this bio information. I don't know. We're, you know, we definitely need to stop the government from collecting all of that data. And there's another interesting phenomenon with this data collection, too. I see a lot of companies, big companies especially, using data to predict, uh, to make payroll predictions and staffing. And so you might have a big company that has, say, copy service, and they've decided they're going to use this, this data to predict how many people they should have in a store on a particular day. Well, from my perspective as a customer, that actually is hurting them because they can't see that 
there's something going on and they won't need as much staff or maybe they will need more staff because, um, I don't know, maybe there's going to be a big protest downtown and people are producing more signs. So you still need that person that can look to see what's going on and ha- and just kind of sometimes it's sort of intuition. I can tell when a certain movie is going to do more, so I can't use any sort of predictive data for staff. It takes a, a live person to figure out how much staff I'm going to need for that particular feature. So all that data collection still isn't as useful as people think it is. And it actually can be used, I think, for nefarious purposes, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you know, I don't want to seem like I have a tin hat on, but I I don't really trust the fact that that, uh, the government and actually these big businesses are collecting more and more of this data and how that can be used. And first and foremost, though, is uh, I guess businesses... Technically, they've never really gone out and, uh, um, you know, really uh, <laughs> killed a whole bunch of people like, you know, like uh, Germany did. I mean, yeah. government and like data. Governments. Yeah, and Germany was big on data. Mm-hmm. And uh, they kept records about all of the things that they were doing. Who your parents were and medical experiments, all kinds of sick things. Which, you know what, I just thought of this. There was a woman that we had interviewed that she was a Holocaust survivor, and she was Catholic, and she was playing in the yard one day, and the Nazis came and knocked on her grandparents' door and said, we're here for the Jews. And they're like, we don't have any Jews here. And they had actually gone through that data and realized that I think it was like a great-grandmother had been Jewish, that they hadn't actually realized that. And so there is real danger in that. And Nazi stands for National Socialist German Workers' Party. It's important that people understand yeah. that. It was socialist. Yes. And so this whole romance with socialism, uh, we need to push back on that narrative as well. And so data collection, it's with us, though. So what can we do? We've got just a few minutes left on this, Susan. So what should we do? Well, I think bringing awareness to it is one thing, and certainly stopping the government from collecting it. I'm not so happy with some of the businesses that collect it. We see Google's been collecting it, and now they're trying to use it to influence our elections. And that whole thing has been... Uh, broken wide open now, but um, I don't know how you pull all that back now. That's well, tough. And so, uh, uh, one of the things though, when um, when uh, President Trump got into office, one of the first things that he did is he said regarding new rules and regulations. For every new rule or regulation, we need to get rid of two. And uh, I think that rules and regulations are very tied to data collection. And then we need to start to elect people that understand that government really, the the role of government is to protect everyday people's, their rights, their their, uh, inalienable rights of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. I have to tell you, I'm frustrated with the people that get elected on both sides of the aisle that don't seem to understand that. And, you know, I don't mean to be so totally self-righteous on that because I, until I really went through Vino and Veritas, so we're going through the study of the Federalist Papers, which you, 88 Drive-In Theater was the very first uh, presenting sponsor. So thank you on that. What I'm learning from Dr. Cranawitter is uh, I've always thought that the individual was important and the founders thought that as as well. But the idea, the American idea was to protect that person's rights to be able to go after life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. It wasn't to equalize everything. No. It was to make sure that everybody was equal under the law, no matter what their descriptor is, 
man, woman, black, white, gay, straight, whatever. Everybody would be equal under the law, that there would be no special rights. That's why Lady Justice has a blindfold. It doesn't matter what your position in society is, what you do, who you are, what your race is. The law is supposed to apply equally. Okay. And so on, on that data, a little story. I went in, and this was a few years ago, for a regular doctor's appointment. And they had all these different questions, you know, sex and you know, so race. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I put down human. Yeah. <laughs> they said, well, we're looking for something a little different. But, uh, um, okay, we'll go with that. I think that actually that didn't fit into any of the boxes that they were supposed to Give on the data collection, but I thought so that much it was, data collection. I thought it uh, was important that we're all part of this human race. We need to start to come together, and this data collection is dividing us. And ultimately, this last uh, paragraph in the piece that you had referenced, uh, the author, and it's I think it's David Diga. Uh, he's an economist mm-hmm. specializing in public policy and economic history. He said the vastly different experiences of Hong Kong and India remind us that less economic planning is better than more. And that having more data doesn't mean better policymaking. And I know that that just really, you know, struck a chord with you. No, the data can be wrong, too. We have all that facial recognition going on. And uh, what was it? They took a certain number of legislators in a state and ran them through their uh, facial recognition. And most of them came up falsely as a criminal. Interesting. Yeah. So bad, really bad outcomes, too, from all that data collection, especially when it's inaccurate. Okay, so we need to push back on government on doing that, and then let's start to be a little more careful what we're, we're putting yes. out there as well. So, Susan, thank you so much. Uh, great having you here, the owner of 88 Drive-In Theater. Thank you. Great to have you here. Albert Einstein, he said, unthinking respect for authority is the greatest enemy of truth. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth justice and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you and God bless America.